Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Inside Access with Jason LaConfora, Ken Wyman, and Tim Barbalace. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. 1057 The Fan. He's healthy. He has not reaggravated anything. That said, there's a, a comeback period from an injury like that. You know, we sent him to Florida. And so we're spacing out his play. So yesterday was a scheduled off day. You know, it's been seven innings and then a DH day and then there's going to be some nine inning games. So we're pretty careful with this stuff. So as to avoid re-injury and I would not say that he's sort of a hundred percent of himself in terms of um, return to play and just kind of checking all the, the rehab medical boxes that we want, but it's, um, it's going well, nothing to worry about there. And obviously he's had a, Great start to the season, so hopefully we can just um, get this in the rearview mirror and get him back to where he left off, and then you know we'll see where we're at. That was Mike Elias last week on the show talking about the status of Colton Kowser, and uh, since then he has been playing some nine-inning games. but Regularly. Sti- yeah, so still still no Colton Kowser in the majors. The Orioles did make a bunch of roster moves today, and I will give them to you. Uh, they selected the contract of Anthony Bemboom from AAA Norfolk catcher. They optioned Jose Godoy to AAA Norfolk. They designated Spencer Watkins for assignment and recall Logan Gillespie from AAA Norfolk. So these these seem to be this is uh, like a lot of placeholder stuff. Yeah, yeah, this is a lot of. Uh, oh, oh, also, Cedric Mullins and Ryan Mountcastle will be uh, in the lineup for yeah. Norfolk tonight yeah. at uh, Nashville. Yeah, that's super exciting. I I, I got to say, I, I thought maybe that would be happening for said by the weekend or next week, but to have it at the start of uh, the AAA work week, everybody's off on Mondays down there. That's awesome news. Um, I don't think it should in any way take away from the fact that Colton Kowser's ready to be here, and it's eight days ago that we talked to Michael Elias and again, he's played multiple, played four games in right field, nine innings. He played three straight, I believe. So you don't have to talk, you know, back to back. He's done that. There were no issues. You want to get him back to what he was like before he was injured. Again, he was only down for 13 days. Mm. You know, we heard Mike say that. Colton Kowser had a 1,000 OPS before he went on the IL. He's got a 1,000 OPS since. So I, I don't know, guys. I, I, I still feel like this should be imminent at this point. Um, And even when Cedric comes back, you've got Aaron Hicks there as a switch hitter for protection. You put Aaron Hicks in the Ryan McKenna role, and you give Colton Kowser between now and the All-Star game, and you play him every day and you see what it looks like, right? And if it's – then if you have to reassess at the All-Star break, if you you think he needs to go back down, I don't think he would, or if you just start changing the timeshare up with him and Hicks – so be it. But Colton Kowser could play all three outfield positions. You could find ways to keep him 
involved. I think he can handle left field at Camden Yards as well. I don't think that Austin Hayes is the only guy in the organization who can handle that. Now, I don't want Santander there. I obviously don't want O'Hearn there. I don't want Frazier there. I don't want Vavra there. I mean, although we've seen it once or twice. I, I'm just not buying that there isn't a way to get Colton Kowser in this lineup on an almost daily basis in a meaningful way and not set the back te- the team back, Bone, but actually ex- further exploit the margins of this roster to phase out some guys who have had a chance to prove what they can do and they haven't done enough and to give other guys a chance while still having – you could have a bench of Hicks, Frazier, Mateo, and whoever. That's not like that's a good thing. That's where this team should be in order to give these kids a chance to show what they can do. You're building that deep depth. And this is something that even before when Cedric went down and Hicks got here, we wanted to see these three guys because we know how much this organization values the versatility. And with Colton Kowser, you hear the scouts that weren't so sure he was going to be able to play center at the next level to this year. They do believe he can. So you got three guys that can play center field. Four, if you include Aaron Hicks, who is a heck of a fourth outfielder. And... Like you said, Jason, even if Kowser goes through the growing pains, think to have Hicks to give him a spell there. I do want to push back a little and and on the Aaron Hicks of it all. Because, like, and we talked about this before Kowser got hurt. There were some rumblings, people I talked to, that Kowser was coming up before Mullins got hurt. Exactly, like, yeah. But now Hicks, Hicks is, his slash lines, 327, 441, 551. Like, I don't know that I want to take him out of the lineup. If we're trying to win... That guy's that guy's playing real well for them now. Now before he got here, and yeah, McKenna and I'm we. I think we're all simpatico on the McKenna part of this all. But they fell into a guy that I, it looks like, and it's a it's still a small sample size. But a change of scenery has done him really well. Yeah, look, he's not going to hit three twenty seven all year. I, I get like, that, but he's but he's and I'm not saying this to bench him indefinitely. You, you can with the floating DH and all the different pieces that they have. Austin Hayes will need a day off. Hicks is in left. Colton Kowser needs a day off. Hicks is in right. Cedric Mullins definitely going to need a day off here and there, especially coming back from this thing. And we don't even know when he's coming back. You know? Like, it's not like he's going to play one game and not fucking be here tomorrow. No. So you'd still have an opportunity for at least probably five, seven games maybe to look at Kowser before Mullins got here. But let's get Mullins on the roster. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, and let, let's get Kowser back on the roster, and let's get McKenna out of here, and let's see how those four outfielders fit for a while. I think it goes back to just good problem to have, first world problem to have, where you mentioned Hayes, that's where I immediately went. We know that he's had a phenomenal year, but it's about the keep preservation, keeping him healthy. He was fantastic June 20th, 2022. Well, it's kind of preserving him, taking uh, taking him off his feet every now and then. To that point, I think instead of, uh, what was it, we'd always joke about Buck Walter's Sunday lineup where he put all the bench guys in. Now you can sort of float it around, give one guy off one yeah. day, and, and your bench is so strong that you're not losing a lot. So in that sense, I, I, I do agree with it. This year's team is better than last year's team, oh, absolutely. Not? Ryan McKenna had 172 plate appearances last year. He's on pace for 185. He's on pace for more. So that alone, like if that's if Kowser gets those 80, plus he plays one day in center field, plus he plays one day in left, we're talking about somebody who's going to get an opportunity to see pitching regularly and start to figure out what he can do up here. You'd have four interchangeable athletes, like Bone said, who all 
could play center field in a mm-hmm. pinch, who all are worthy any given day of being your DH. I mean, we don't think Aaron Hicks could play first base if he absolutely had to. I mean, I'm just like, come on. Plus the floating DH? Uh-huh. It's not rocket science. No. At some People point- have thread much more difficult needles than this and found a way to both evaluate young talent for the future and keep winning ball games. At some point, Mountcastle is going to be back too. And my assumption is when he does get back, at least at first, he's going to be given his first base job back. Now, if he continues to hit like he was before he went on the IL, that could change. But they're 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 going to give him his job back, which limits some other opportunities. Yeah, I still wonder if Ryan Mountcastle's here at the trade deadline. No, I'm with but, you on that. No, but I'm with Ken though. I mean, he's going to get. We have no idea how much this vertigo affects. Sure, him. And we. I, when he's healthy, he'll get that gig. Now, is he going to be here past August 1st? That's still to be determined. But in that immediacy, that month or so, it is going to be But like him with Hicks, I, I mean, especially with O'Hearn from the left side, he. I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to say bye to that bat. No. no I keep, keep saying it. Good problem to have when you got deep depth. I mean, again, O'Hearn at first base from the left side, Santander at first base from the right side. Those two combined probably put up pretty good numbers we have a huge tuesday show we only go to 5 30 today because Baltimore baseball tonight which is bob haney and mike bordick at 5 30 orioles take on the tampa bay rays at 6 40 tonight but uh guess wise it's our weekly chat with jim hunter we'll talk orioles with him at 2 30 and then at 4 30 the return of Aditi Kinkabwala. In a minute. We'll talk some AFC North football with Aditi at 4.30. Yeah, uh, I think she got to take in some of these uh, mini camps and fake football stuff that's that's uh, wrapped up. Obviously, Aditi living in Pittsburgh has her pulse on the Steelers. Um, what's she buying there? What narratives is she selling? And yeah, we'll we'll look. We'll continue to talk about this Orioles situation and and sort of where this roster could get better throughout the the full course of the show. And then we'll also look at the Ravens' depth a little bit as we're talking about Orioles' depth and which which key pieces, which reserves for them can they least afford to lose. Coming up next, Orioles start a two-game set. It's a weird week. Off day yesterday, yes. off day Thursday. Two-game set against Tampa starts tonight. Tampa Bay has the best record in all of baseball. How good are they? We'll tell you next here on The Fan. Inside, inside, access with Jason Lockenfora and Ken Wyman. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Jason and Tim sit in the bleachers. Hey, 
Ken sits in his brother's seats behind home plate. Inside Access, 1057 The Fan. I'm in the phone booth, it's a one across the hall. If you don't answer, I'll just bring it off the wall. Orioles start a quick two-game set with the Rays tonight. Uh, it's a 6:41 pitch. They play at noon tomorrow and then off Thursday. But the Orioles 44 and 27, tied for the third best record in baseball. Tampa comes in at 51 and 24. That is the best record in all of baseball. And the first thing that strikes me, and we talked to Mark Topkin about this yesterday. They're 31 and seven nuts. at home. It's nuts. 31 and seven at home. 20 and 17 on the road. So I kind of started digging into the numbers to say, okay, well, there must be something in their splits that would like they must hit a whole lot more home runs, or they just really see the ball better in their home park, or the pitching's better at home for some reason. I mean, they're the they're the same damn team. Their their OPS at home as a team is eight twenty eight, road seven eighty. I mean, it's better, but it's not. Crazy. Mm -hmm. 62 home runs at home, 55 on the road. ERA at home as a team, 335 away, 365. I mean, it's a little worse, but not enough to explain the the difference between an average major league team and the 27 Yankees. Um, I I just found it odd that no matter how you kind of parsed it or looked at it, the numbers don't tell the story of a team that should be that much better at home than on the road. But the bottom line is they're a hell of a baseball team, right? Second in the majors in OPS, uh, second in run scored, second in run differential, second in overall team ERA at 3.49. I guess, Spone, if you're trying to look at where they're vulnerable, it's the fact that they haven't been great on the road. They just came off the West Coast swing where they barely scratched out a draw with the A's over four games, and that included you know, them scratching out a 4-3 win at the end to avoid losing that series at Oakland. Then they lost 2-3 or three to the Padres. A- after they play the O's and then four against the Royals at home, where that, that'll be a butt kicking, mm. they go right back out on, to the West Coast. They go back out next week, and they're at uh, Arizona and Seattle. So that might bring them down to earth a little bit more. Uh, and the bullpen isn't what we're accustomed to seeing out of Raise bullpens, but outside of that, ain't a whole lot of nits to pick with this group. No, I you just running through the numbers this morning on MLB.com, and you pretty much hit second in OPS, second in homers, second in runs, first in stolen bases. So that'll be uh, something to look forward to tonight oh, and tomorrow because yeah. we've been talking a lot about that. And then uh, as a team, second in ERA, third in WHIP, second least home runs allowed. But it's it's the bullpen where you're kind of picking nits, first in starter ERA. 15th in bullpen yeah. ERA, and you dig a little further, their bullpens pitch the most innings in baseball, guys. Yeah. Fourth most walks issued by bullpen, eighth most home runs given up by a bullpen. But when you're diving that deep, when the majority of their main stats are top three, top two, I mean, it's a hell of a club. And, and when we had Mark Topkin on, you kind of started him with that question, Jason, when we had him on earlier in the year. Okay, is this going to keep right. up? Which of these like dudes Paredes? are going to fall apart? Yeah, yeah. And it really hasn't happened. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is Taylor Wells came back to earth, but not too many other guys did. Apologies to the Texas Rangers. They won last night. So they're half game up on the Orioles for the third best record. Orioles the fourth best record. The thing that's interesting about Tampa 
is how many home runs they've hit. They've hit 117 home runs. Like, we didn't think coming into the year, we didn't think this lineup was going to be good. six dudes with 11 homers or more. Yeah. We didn't think this lineup was going to be very good no. coming into the year. Six dudes with 11 or more, they get two others with nine. So they almost have eight guys with double-digit home uh, runs. And their best players, through. and their best player, arguably, has eight. Wander Franco. Yeah. But he leads the team with a 3.8 war, which yeah. is, I believe, right up there for best in baseball when you factor yeah. in everything he does. Um, I mean, they have three players with an OPS plus of 150 or above. Now, 100 is average. This means three guys who are 50% more production than the average major leaguer. Luke Raley's got a 931 OPS and a 157 OPS plus. Yanni Diaz, I don't know what's happened to him. He gets on base 40% of the time now with a 916 OPS and a 157 OPS plus. And, of course, Oriole killer, Randy Arozarena, he's got a 405 on-base percentage for the year, guys. 889 OPS, 151 OPS plus. And lest I remind you, in 40 career games against the Orioles, Arozarena's yeah, slash line, him. 361, 415. He slugged 697 in his career against the Orioles. Seven doubles, 15 home runs, 38 driven in. And the O's have never really gotten to Tyler Glass now, who's 4-0 against them in his career. Six walks, guys, to 48 strikeouts in 34 and two-thirds innings. And he pitches tonight. So. He pitches tonight, but he's coming off long-term injury. I do wonder about how much they want to push him if he were to have a 30-35 pitch inning. I think that would raise some alarm bells in their dugout. It's a long season. They've built up a big lead, and as Bone said, the underbelly is the bullpen. So I know the Orioles aren't usually a fast starting offense. Um, you know, we'll see if it's Gunner back leading off. I, I would think it probably is. Um, but if they can get his pitch count up early, uh, I think it, it could be huge. Um, but yes, he's he's dominated the O's throughout his career. And conversely, I'm excited to see how Bradish builds off his last start because that's been the bugaboo of his career so far going against these AL East opponents. And he was fantastic against the Blue Jays. It's just unfortunate that Barrios was more, even more dominant than uh, Barrios, than who got Bradish he was. got his face ripped off by the Marlins last yeah. night. What did he give up? Seven in the first inning? Yeah. Yeah. That's, How about a rise? Five for five, batting four hundred. Yeah. That was. That seems to be the Lopi was. In, I watched the the Red Sox Twins. Lopi yeah. got him through. Well, Pablo Lopez, not our Lopez. Yeah. Our Lopez. Have, yeah. yeah. But he's pitched well for them this year. He's pitched well, but like that was a game where they're down three yeah. nothing. They get it to three three, and they can't get six innings out of Pablo Lopez on a night where the guy they traded <laughs> is going five for five to raise yeah. his average to four hundred. And remember, they paid Pablo Lopez too. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, this is a super athletic race team. They're really good at home, um, but they're not impenetrable. Again, 16 and nine against the East. That's a really good record, but compared to 51 and 24, I'll, I'll take it. And the Orioles did take two or three from them earlier in the season. I think we're all going to sit here and say, win one of these games, the next two yeah, days, split. Thursday off, start a homestand. We'll all sign up for that. Without question. Orioles and the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. It's a 6:41 first pitch, which means Baltimore baseball tonight is coming up at 5:30 tonight. That's Bob Haney and Mike Bordick. But coming up next, another member of our Baltimore baseball tonight crew. Our weekly chat with Jim Hunter. We'll get his thoughts on these O's and also what he thinks of the Tampa Bay Rays. Jim Hunter joins us next here on the fan. Jason Lockenfora and Ken Wyman on the fan. 
Are you team bar soap or team body wash? Oh, that's a good question. I just think the bar soap cleanses you better. Yes. To be honest with you. Yes. Lock and Fora, Wyman, and Barbalace. I've always liked body wash. 1057 The Fan. Orioles were off yesterday, start a two-game series in St. Petersburg against the Rays tonight. It's a 6.41st pitch, which means Baltimore baseball tonight. Bob Haney and Mike Bordick at 5.30. And let's head out to the Ashley Furniture guest hotline, where another member of our BBB team, uh, longtime voice of the O's, Jim Hunter, joins us now. And, Jim, good afternoon. Thanks, as always, for joining us. I'll start with tonight's opponent, Tampa Bay, best record in baseball. We were talking earlier, 31-7 and at home. When you, when you look at the Rays, what makes them so good? Well, you know, they have a tremendous home field advantage at Tropicana Field. And I heard you guys talking about all the home runs they've hit. Only the Braves have hit more home runs in the major leagues this year. But it's kind of a misnomer because the Trop is actually a pitcher's ballpark. And, uh, you know, Buck Showalter used to talk about that all the time. He always felt that uh, the Rays had an advantage because it's climate control. The ball doesn't seem to carry that well. However, having said that, uh, the Rays are defying the logic in their own ballpark. So they're very impressive. Uh, they score a lot of runs. They dominate at home. And when you get dominate at home, and, I mean, they're more than dominating, all you got to do is hold your own on the road, and they're doing more than that. <clears throat> so they're holding their own on the road and completely dominating at home. This will be a good test for the Orioles, having dropped two out of three in Chicago. And it'll be a good test for Kyle Bradish, Jim. And prior to his last start against the Blue Jays, AL East opponents have really shelled him. But unfortunately, Jose Barrios was starting opposite him in that Toronto game last week. But how do you expect Bradish to follow up that start? Well, you know, he's actually uh, bone pitching better than what his record shows. I mean, he's modest two and three, but the 3.90 ERA and 12 starts, that, that's pretty good. And if you look at what he's done in his last four starts, he's 0-2, but his ERA in those four starts is 3.18, so very credible. And in the two games that he was charged with the loss, the Orioles scored zero runs and one run. And if if they can't score for you, it's going to be impossible for you to win. And uh, I thought he held his own against the Blue Jays, you know, seven runs, seven innings, one run on four hits, uh, the one run coming in on a solo homer. So I, I would expect that he would pitch well tonight. And, you know, you hope with everybody talking about his career struggles within the division uh, that he's ignoring that and just goes out there and pitch. Because I, I really think when he challenges hitters and uses the full strike zone, uh, he's a very competent pitcher. All right, Jim, we beat around the bush enough. Let's get to the meat and potatoes here. <laughs> Adam Frazier is now down to a 290 on base percentage for the season, 682 OPS. Since the start of May in 41 games, he's got a 235, 287, 417 slash line. For the season at home, 184, 252, 284 slash line for a 537 OPS. And Jorge Mateo, since the start of May, somehow has a 392 OPS, including a 186 on-base percentage time. Is it is it time for change? Well, you know, the, the, the thing that's difficult about that, uh, and every time Adam Frazier has a good game, you hear how Brandon Hyde just goes on and on about his mm-hmm. importance to the team uh, with, uh, you know, the veteran leadership, oh, yeah. a guy that's been through it. And, the, you know, the, there's one way to look at this, Jason, to me, 
is do you upset the chemistry in the clubhouse by making changes, or do you do it in a way where you're you're pointing out to the players who have played so well this year, second place in the division, and right now uh, in a wild card position, do you tell them and impress upon them that if we promote these prospects who certainly have deserved uh, to be promoted, that we may be even better off? Uh, so it's a, it's a balance. I mean, you know, I, I understand the, the struggles of Mateo. He's swinging a little better as of late. But I still wish he would stop chasing those sliders down in a way that end up in the left-handed batter's box because he has no chance. He can't reach it, and he's not even going to be able to foul it off. So, you know, I know uh, Jordan Westberg certainly deserves to be given a shot up here. He's having a very, very good year uh, in AAA, and uh, he certainly deserves a chance. Uh, you know, Westberg, 17 home runs at 52 RBIs in 62 games. So he deserves a chance. It's going to be interesting what happens for the, re- the remainder of June and then in July because once it gets after the All-Star break, then the pressure starts to mount on the front office because you're closing in on that August 1st trade deadline day. And Mike Elias is on record as saying if they're in it, he's going to make changes to improve the team. Uh, do you wonder if that means a trade, especially for a veteran starting pitching? Because uh, even though the Orioles have been holding their own, uh, I still would rather see the starters ERA a little bit lower. It's 4.61, which is only 20th in the major leagues. So, so we'll see. But, uh, you know, change is, change is good, and they, do, they certainly have guys who have earned it. Uh, it's just a matter of, of how they think the balance would be upset if they go that route. I guess my pushback on that is if, if he's the dirt dog, you know, Uber team guy that everybody says he is, and he's here one year as a mercenary for $8 bucks on a team where nobody's making any money, like, I think he could be an interesting left-handed bat off the bench. You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, like, if we're worried about upsetting Adam Frazier's ego, you know, like, what the hell are we doing here? And you could have a bench, Hicks. Right? Mateo, Frazier, Ramon Orias, all on the bench some games. If these kids are having a rough game, we know, we know Hyde will pinch hit for him. Like, I just don't know why they can't have their cake and eat it, too. Well, the, the, the other part of that scenario is how do you get them on the roster? Because if, if Adam Frazier and Jorge Mateo become bench players, you, if you're going to uh, promote Jordan Westberg, well, then somebody's got to go. Uh, and if Colton Kowser comes up, somebody's got to go. And I, I know you're, you're all for uh, sending McKenna down, and I, I can't say I disagree because Kowser certainly deserves a, a shot up here. But, you know, there's 26 precious roster spots, 13 position players. Uh, right now, you know, you're going with two catchers. Uh, I, I agree totally with what you were saying about Aaron Hicks. He could play everywhere, a switch hitter, uh, a good bench player. You give guys days off. It's a long season. They have a bunch of days off in June, but then they dwindle yeah. once July comes. But again, Jason, I, I don't disagree with your premise, but if those two guys go to the bench and two guys come up to take their place, uh, how do you get them on the roster? We're talking to Jim Hunter. It's Inside Access here on The Fan. Jim, as we enter play tonight, Austin Hayes leads the American League in batting average. Uh, I, I know we've we felt like there's 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 a really good player in there, but he has had injury problems in the past. Do you think what he's doing this year is sustainable? Well, I, I think it's certainly possible because he's finally healthy. I mean, I, I believe he played last year for the entire second half with that wrist injury, and it, it certainly had to affect his swing. I mean, I, I think it's encouraging, and you know, Kenny, as you mentioned, he leads the American League at batting at 320. 
But in his current six-game hitting streak, he's batting 480 during the streak, and he has five multi-hit games in the six-game streak, including four consecutive multi-hit games. So when you're swinging the bat that well and you're healthy, and, and thank the good Lord he is healthy at the moment and he's able to go out there and produce, uh, I, I don't see any reason. Now, whether he wins the batting title, that's another matter because you know the, the long season I learned in all my years in the booth, there's always an ebb and flow. And sometimes you, you hit in bad luck. I mean, remember early in the year we were talking about, will Ryan Mountcastle finally hit a ball not right out of field? Mm. Because you can't guide the ball. You can only put on a good swing and hope you make good contact. Uh, I, I'm sure there's going to be a cold streak for Austin Hayes. But my feeling is, and, and ever since I saw him debut in the big leagues, I've always felt that he was a player uh, that had a lot of talent. And if he was healthy, uh, he certainly could hold his own. And, uh, you know, I think on this team he's a very important hitter because you could argue he's been the most consistent player all year. Jim, it was reported a couple days ago that D.L. Hall is heading down to uh, Sarasota to work out some more. There is the deloading happening at the AAA level. But as we near the halfway point of the season, do you think it would behoove the organization to just put him in a bullpen role the rest of the way? That way he can have an impact on this big league club? Well, it, it certainly would be an upgrade from, say, C.N.L. Perez, who uh, has already allowed more runs this year in 28 games than he did last year in 66 games. Uh, I mean, he's really struggling. He's allowed 10 runs they'd earned in just five innings over his last six games. But the thing that I would like to see, and you know, we've talked about this quite a bit, especially with Michael Bauman, if they make that decision, that should be the decision for his career and for the club and the organization and, and them moving forward with another power arm in that bullpen. Uh, I, I, I keep thinking of Jimmy Yacobotis every time we have these talks about bullpen versus starting, and I, I really think the Orioles uh, did Jimmy a, a real injustice because you know he was a starter, then he was a closer, then he was a setup man, then he was a starter again, then he was a AAA, then he was in the major leagues. I mean, uh, the kid never had a chance to settle in and adjust to a role that, that's why I'm so happy that when they decided Michael Bauman's role on this team was going to be a reliever, they've kept him in that role and he's been able to adjust. And if he has a bad outing, fine. He knows he's going to get another chance. So I, I would say, Bone, that uh, D.L. Hall coming up certainly would be an upgrade to the bullpen. And the Orioles' bullpen's having a good year. I mean, you know, fifth in, in the major leagues in, in bullpen ERA. And, you know, you look at the, the year Cano and Bautista are, are having, I mean, Cano has allowed one run in his last eight appearances, and Bautista has allowed zero runs in his last nine appearances. So you add another power arm, a left-handed arm, because you know you, I, I've agreed with Jason for, for the last couple of weeks that CNL Perez, for whatever reason, last year he was brilliant, this year he's not, and, and it's definitely a weak link in the bullpen. And, you know, you, you can't go to Batista and Cano every single day. I mean, I, I know they, they use them two days in a row, but you're never going to see them three because they want to protect their health. Well, somebody else has to pick up the slack on those days they're not available, and maybe D.L. Hall could be the X factor if they decide to do that. Uh, the Norfolk Tides have not announced their pitching rotation for the week, but Grayson Rodriguez would be up again um, by tomorrow in all likelihood. Given what we've seen of Cole Irvin, I'm guessing um, you're with me that if Grayson shoves this week, 
uh, that he rejoins this team this weekend as they start a stretch of 16 games in 17 days leading into the All-Star break where they most definitely will need a capable fifth starter? I, I would agree with that because I think Grayson is doing exactly what they wanted him to do when they optioned them out. He's working on things without the bright lights of a major league pennant race that the Orioles are certainly in. And he's working on things. He's attacking hitters. And I realize there, there's a major difference between uh, AAA hitters who are trying to make their way to the majors. They, they tend to get themselves out. You can outstuff them if you have brilliant stuff like Grayson has. But I, I still think he's, he's a better pitcher than Cole Irvin. Yes. And, and the Orioles certainly have a, a better chance to win if he is on the big club. And uh, I, I did see an interview that I, I think it was Steve Molesky did with him where I was very impressed with how he's handled this because he knew he didn't pitch well in the majors this year. He wants to be in the majors. He's still their number one pitching prospect. So he had to work on the things that he had to work on, and he went down there with a really good attitude and decided, okay, this is what I need to do to get back. And apparently, I've heard Jim Palmer say this, that pitching coach at AAA, apparently he's a real good fixer. Uh, you know, he, he really apparently has a good job with it, does a good job with mechanics and release point and things like that. Uh, so I, I would think that with that, that stretch, Jason, you said coming up going into the all star break, where you're going to need the fifth starter, the, you know, they could certainly skip one this week with the two days off, which is a very weird schedule. Uh, having off yesterday, a night game today, and a noon game tomorrow, and then you fly home to have a day off before you play Friday night. But I, but I would agree that Grayson, if if he pitches really well, uh, I believe they're in Memphis this week. Um, Nashville. He, oh, oh, Nashville. I'm sorry. Yep. That's right. I, I did see their their tweet. Music City. Yeah. I got I got my music wrong. <laughs> uh, Elvis was from that. But uh, I, I think Grayson certainly would add to the rotation, and I would expect that when he does come back, and I know he will come back, or expect that he'll come back, that he'll certainly be a better pitcher than he was uh, the first time here. Jim Hunter, always great. Thanks so much for your time. We will chat next week. All right, guys. Have a good Thank day. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, coming up next, we have a ton of polls to pay off, so we'll go to the Poll Center with T-Bone for that. And also take your calls, 410-583-1057. Your thoughts on the Orioles. Are we crazy that we want Westbrook and Kowser up here yesterday? Now. Take your calls next. Inside Access with Jason and Ken. Check back three, four, five times a day for the latest breaking sports news. 1057 The Fan. We had a ton of polls yesterday concerning both the Orioles and the Ravens. And in a minute, we'll be taking your calls, 410-583-1057. Talk about the Orioles and call-ups, trades, etc. Ravens, their needs as they head into training camp. But before we do that, let's head over to T-Bump with all the polls. And they're brought to you by QC Kinetics, the the nation's leader in regenerative medicine, now offering this exciting treatment in Baltimore. If you have ongoing joint pain from arthritis or injury, get a free consultation by calling 410-989-PAIN. That's 410-989-PAIN. They're right in Towson, right next to your alma mater. They're right there. And Towson's the best. You can walk from the food court to there in two minutes. Can't beat it? Can't beat it. Mm. Let's start with our Orioles polls. We love the Orioles' amazing starts, but trends at second and short. Not good since May 1st. Adam Frazier, 41 games, slash line 235, 287, 407, 694 OPS, minus one outs above average in the field since May 1st. Jorge Mateo, 
40 games, 165, 196, 197, 392 OPS, seven runs saved. Is it time for change, Birdlang? A lot of options here. Gunner shortstop slash Westberg at second. Mateo at short. Frazier at second. Ortiz at short. Frazier at second. Gunner at short. Ortiz at second. The runaway, 69.4%. Nice. Gunner at short. Westberg at second. Gunner at short. Ortiz at second, 18.3%. Mateo at short. Frazier at second, 6.3%. And Ortiz at short. Frazier at second, 6%. That's the one I voted for because I was off the board. But again, Twitter only allows you four choices. Yeah, I don't want to see Gunner. I want to see Gunner at third. Yeah, that, that's where that's I was. My, yeah. yeah. So Where'd you would you like Gunner at third, Mateo at short? Westberg, Westberg no. cannot. No, 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 I, so I, want Westberg Ort- I want Ortiz at short and Westberg at second. Yeah. So you, okay. So you yeah. want straight, you want straight youth. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if you want to go Mateo, the not have all young guys, I'll grant you that. But yeah, I want, that can I want be a Gunner split for all I guess. Yes. I want Gunner at third. With said still out, Orioles, or with said still out a while, Hicks thriving in center. Time for Colton Kowser in right field, Birdland. Keep Tony off his feet, O'Hearn at first. Kowser, one game in right field in April slash May, but six games in right field since returning from the IL June 3rd, 1,003 OPS since missing 13 days. 473 on base percentage. McKenna has options. Promote Kowser now 83.4%. It can wait 16.6. That's a pretty clear cut. Yeah. And Yeah, because it this doesn't make sense. No. And the Ravens poll. Ravens have a few obvious pressing needs left on the roster that they have bolstered significantly on paper. If you could only add one more player, Ravens flock, which position are you addressing? 52.3% pass rusher, 47.7% corner. That surprises me. That's a little surprising. We're all team corner. Yeah, we were team corner. I don't think it's close. Yeah. I, I really don't. I mean, I get why people do, but I personally don't. And Cordell was team corner. Yes. Pretty emphatically team corner. Yeah. Seems to be a, a, a hole right now. I just think for so long, pass rush was like, one of the defaults, what's wrong with the Ravens, that I think for some people that's still kind of like simmers in the back of their brain. I think it mm. might sort of obscure the reality of this particular roster right now. Yeah, I'm giving Chuck Smith at least at least a little benefit of the doubt to start. Well, we used to say for how long, why they, yeah. why they keep grabbing corners, they yeah. don't need them, they need pass rushers. Yeah. Now I think it's quietly kind of flipped, but not everybody's seen the script flip. No, I, I think you're right. You want guys want to head to the phone lines? Yes. 410-583-1057. Let's get started with Matt in Delaware. Matt, you're on the fan. Hey, fellas. Good afternoon. How are you? Hey there. Good. I just wanted to uh, call and chime in a little bit about the Orioles. Um, So, you know, I was really surprised to read this morning that Mullins is already going to be back in Norfolk tonight. Yes. Um, From everything I was reading, it seemed like it was going to be like maybe just after the All-Star break before he comes back. So that's obviously a a really good sign. And and obviously Mount Castle looks like he's going to be coming back soon. So, I'm no rocket scientist, but, you know, if you promote both of those guys, to me the obvious moves would be Lester going down. And I hope finally Ryan McKenna gets off this roster. Yeah. But I fear I fear what's going to happen is Joey Ortiz is going to be the guy they send down. Because if you notice, you know, he hasn't really been getting a whole lot of consistent playing time. Nope. And, and it's kind of the at the point now with the Orioles, it's like the problems they have are good problems, but they're still problems. You know, you look at when Kyle Sowers was brought up. He didn't play every day. Then he, when he did get at bats, he really struggled. 
So it's like at some point you have to you have to make a decision. You're going to bring these guys up to play, yeah. or you know you're not. You can't keep, in my opinion, bringing them up and down, not giving them at bats, and then sending them back down. Yeah, um, or you needed to trade a bunch of them in the off season for a known commodity yeah. in the pitching market, and they've stalled on all of that. Appreciate the call. Yeah, I, I feel like that there's there's this log jam that needs to be cured some way. Trade usually is the way to, to you know you trade a three for one or something like that, and you, you get rid of some of this because right yeah, now everybody's again, stuck. A plus plus to Michael Elias for everything he's done. Yeah, but this thing has come to a head, and I mean, how 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 much longer does Colton Cowser have to get on base fifty percent of the time in AAA before you decide it's worth a three week look see at the major league level? Otherwise, what message are you sending to everybody? Uh, something has to give, and we've been talking about this going back to spring training, how something has to give, especially the middle infield. We keep talking to those guys, and Ortiz and the car brought up Stowers, and that was a perfect example. He broke north with the club, didn't play at all, and then you sent him down immediately, and he struggled immensely. And then he got um, hurt. During, now it looks like hurt. another lost year. So mm-hmm. it, it's just... Something's got to give. Inside access here on a Tuesday as we take you to 5.30. Remember, Orioles baseball, uh, first pitch at 6.40 tonight. So that means Baltimore baseball tonight. Bob Haney, Mike Bordick at 5.30. But coming up next, we take a look at the rest of baseball. It's our twib notes. What's going on with the Mariners? We'll take, get an update on our old friend Jorge Lopez and take a look at the AL wildcard standings. That's next. Twib notes here on the fan. Inside access with Jason Ken. 